Welcome back to the So Can I podcast. Today, I'm joined by Katie King. Katie is a wife, mom, flower farmer, small business owner, and entrepreneur. Shortly after having her first child in 2017, Katie had the urge to create a more flexible life for her family. After spending most of her 20s bouncing from one job to another, she finally landed in a position that she loved. But after having her daughter, she found that the 9-to-5 career wasn't going to work for her. She wanted to be there for the milestones, the first step, the first word, and the ordinary days, library story time, playground play dates. In the summer of 2018, Katie was flipping through a magazine while on vacation and stumbled across a spread featuring the most beautiful flower farm. She devoured the article and quickly went down the rabbit hole of research. Something in her gut told her that this was the path she was looking for. By the fall of that year, Katie had turned her backyard vegetable garden into her first row of cut flowers. Fast forward to the following summer, and she had taken over a two-acre piece of the farm to grow flowers. Over the next few years, she built a business, quite literally in her own backyard, adding a retail flower and gift shop and e-commerce site along the way. Hidden Spring Flowers is now a six-figure business that contributes not only to her family, but supports five part-time employees. These days, Katie spends her time juggling small business ownership with mom life. The days are never long enough, but her cup runneth over in the best way possible. As her business continues to succeed, she has found herself pulled to share her success with others. Throughout her blog, resources, and guides, Katie hopes you will be inspired to grow a beautiful life for yourself and for your family. Now let's get into my episode with Katie. Hello, everyone. Today, my guest is Katie. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you, and I like to start with some rapid fire. So what would you say your favorite restaurant is? Definitely sushi. Any so sushi many of my guests say that. It's so funny. Um, okay, what is your favorite vacation spot? Uh, we have a, a family house in a, on a lake in New Hampshire, um, Lake Winnipesaukee, and that is my absolute favorite vacation. We try to get up there a couple times a year. It's just so relaxing. Yeah. What is your morning routine? So I am a listener of your podcast, so I knew this one was coming and I had thought about it, but honestly, my mornings can look so different. So I have two very young children. My daughter is six and my son is almost three. So I'd like to try to get up before them and start my day kind of with a workout. This would be my ideal morning. (laughs) Get up before them, um, get a quick run in or a workout, but usually it's you know, whenever they're up, we we get going. So it's whatever's going on that day. Sometimes I'm out in the field cutting flowers first thing. Sometimes I'm like this morning, school drop off and getting everyone breakfast. I wouldn't call that a routine, but it's life. Hey, I love it. I love it. Okay. What is a great book you've read recently? Well, we were just on vacation uh, at the beginning of the month. And so definitely light reading. Uh, Ellen Hildebrand has been a favorite. So anything she writes, I can read. So I can't remember which one I read most recently. I think I read three while we were away this past time. They were all good. She's my favorite. I've read all of her books. So I, yeah. I love her. Okay. What would you say your superpower is? I think probably just that If I decide that I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Whether or not I should is another question. I can often uh, take on probably more than I can handle, bite off more than I can chew. But once I decide I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think that can be beneficial, especially when you're running a business. Absolutely. I love that. What charity would you like to highlight in this episode? Yeah. So my 
honestly, my favorite charities are those that are closest to home. I think that's where we can often make the biggest impact. So rather than kind of picking out one name, I'm, I'm a big supporter of our local food bank. Our church is very involved with that. So whether um, donating time there, absolutely donating food and resources to them, I think that we can just make such a big impact um, when we support our local communities, especially now with the price of everything going up. People are really kind of hurting more in that area. So, and there are so many children going to school hungry. I just think that supporting, you know, your local food bank or a backpack program or um, anything like that is so important. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for sharing about that. And so now let's just kind of dive right in. So where are you from and what were you like as a child? Sure. I am from uh, Spring Grove, Pennsylvania. So that is South Central Pennsylvania. We are about 45 minutes from Gettysburg. That's kind of a landmark that a lot of people know of, just south of Harrisburg. Uh, So I grew up here and I still live here. So I have not gone far. My husband is also from here. And as a kid, I was very creative. I had a, I was just had a huge imagination. I love to read, especially historical fiction. So like Little House, well, Little House on the Prairie and All of those sorts of books, all the American Girl books that my generation read, it's a lot different than they are now. But, you know, just we were always outside, you know, playing make-believe and making up stories. And I was very artsy. I I think I was a little bit entrepreneurial as well. You know, I was the kid that always had a lemonade stand or was trying to sell tickets to my latest uh, show that I'd make my sister perform in. And um, so, yeah, growing up, I was just kind of creative and big imagination. Yeah, no, I love that. I used to read Little House on the Prairie books too. And I mean, I feel like I read those so many times. They were like frayed, like the books were like breaking. Um, Absolutely. I just started reading the uh, Little House in the Big Woods to my daughter a couple of weeks ago. So we're about halfway through and it's a struggle to keep the book actually intact because it is my book. So same. Yes, I love that. Okay. So skipping ahead a little bit, where did you go to college and what did you major in? Sure. So as we'll kind of get into, I'm sure, I I didn't have a great idea of or a very solid idea of exactly what I wanted to do. So um, my college career kind of reflects that. I started out at a small state school about an hour away from home. So I was there. I was pursuing um, secondary education in history at the time. So I wanted to be a history teacher and got about two years into it and sort of had a mid-college crisis, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. Changed my major, changed schools at the same time. So I sort of moved home and um, luckily we have a really good school close by, York College of Pennsylvania. So went from a state school to a private school um, and changed my major completely to public relations. And um, so that was the degree that I graduated with. And at the time, I guess I thought I wanted to be like a party planner, event planner, do that sort of thing. Found out through the course of that, though, that I was very, I really liked the communication side of it. I loved to write, kind of did that a lot growing up too, was always trying to write my own books and everything, had a blog. And so that's kind of, that was my, my degree was in public relations. That was what I majored in. And I graduated in 2009 and shortly after that went back and ended up getting a certification in elementary education. So Ended up doing it, do both things anyway. 
Yeah, no, that's so cool. I I don't have a ton of guests that end up changing their major. Obviously, a lot of them do different things after they graduate. But what were you going through when you were changing your major? Like, was that a hard decision? Was it scary? Like, what was that like? It was. It was, um, you know, I think part of it was, unfortunately, I didn't really feel supported by the, what did you call it in college? Not a counselor, but like a helps guide your Yes, I know exactly. Choices and classes. And I didn't feel supported by that person. I sort of felt like I didn't feel confident that that's what I should be doing because I wasn't getting a whole lot of confidence from that person, I think. And yeah, I just, the thought of doing one thing for the rest of my life was terrifying. You know, you're 19, 20 years old. Everyone's, I think most people have kind of been there. Um, so yeah. And then it was, you know, I knew I needed to get, I knew I wanted to get a degree. So, at that point, it was like, well, you have to pick something. So it was just, I literally spent several weeks like just reading through the the options of like majors that I could do and like, well, what what would the career in that look like? And what would this look like? And, um, you know, public relations just seemed to be encompassing of a lot of different areas that I was interested in. So I went for it. So it was definitely scary. I don't know that I'd recommend choosing a major that way, but it worked out for me because I definitely use a lot of that in my career and life now. And I had a great career in PR and marketing before I started the flower farm. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, it always does. It always works out. Um, So tell me about after graduation, what did you do then? Yeah. So so during college, I had, um, like I said, changed colleges, changed majors. I was able to do study abroad, uh, which I think I spent six months in Australia and was able to kind of just grow up a little bit. You know, I felt more confident in what I was doing once I had changed my major. And shortly after that, I got an internship during my senior year with the local uh, Chamber of Commerce. So I was the marketing intern. If I could have gone straight into that job right there, I would have. But it's a very small organization. They had an internship available, but nothing paid at the time. So I graduated in 2009. And like a lot of my peers found out, you know, the job market had kind of taken a turn for the worse at that point. There wasn't a whole lot available, especially in a small town, you know, where I'm from. I knew I wanted to stay close. Um, My now husband and boyfriend was, you know, staying close by too. So that was a factor. So I kind of just took the first thing that came down the pipes and that was a, a sort of like an administrative marketing assistant position at a local um, kind of boutique hotel that hosted a lot of events, large events and weddings. So they had, you know, the wedding planner and um, that kind of marketing and sales office. So I was the support there. Uh, So I did that for a little while, but, you know, wasn't my dream job. Wasn't exactly sure that that's what I wanted to do. And I had this kind of nagging feeling like I had started this education major didn't finish it up. I was not too far from having it completed. So I was living at home while I was working this job and decided to do an online program to go back and finish up my teaching degree at the same time. So I did that. And so that puts us like a year and a half, two years later, I was able to do it within a year. Um, So that led me to student teaching. So totally different area than working in the marketing department. Um, of a hotel, but did student teaching and spent a year or so uh, doing long-term substitute positions. So um, just kind of waiting for something to open up. And I really enjoyed that. I was working, you know, 
kids. It was fun. Um, and then just by chance, the dream job opened up, the one that I had interned with at the Chamber of Commerce. My boss, uh, she was my boss during the internship, moved on, and her position was open. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I went for it and I got got that job. And that's what I did up until I started the flower farm. So I ended up as the director of PR and marketing at the Chamber of Commerce. I loved it there. It was I think I already said it was um, I really loved it. I got to work with so many small businesses and large biz- businesses uh, locally, and I was just so inspired and kind of to come full circle. I didn't feel like I was doing the same thing every day because I was working with a lot of different businesses. I got to publish a magazine. I got to rebuild the website, you know, just all kinds of different things. So I, I love that job. Um, and yeah, like I said, I did that until around the time I had my daughter. And then a year or two later, I started the flower farm and that's when I left. Yeah. Well, it seems like you kind of, when you worked for the Chamber of Commerce, almost got like a crash course in entrepreneurship because you were around so many small businesses. Absolutely. Yes. And and even the the organization itself, the Chamber of Commerce, I had the best boss there. I can't sing his praises enough. He he really ran that organization. We were a nonprofit, but we uh, ran it as if we were also a small business. So um, it was a very small team. Besides me, there was um, two other, three other full-time employees. And we had, you know, we were just so close. And anytime anyone had an idea, we ran with it. It was like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's try it. Um, definitely felt like we were part of the all of the decisions and really running that organization. So yes, I I felt big time like I got a crash course in in running a business. Yeah, definitely. Well, you seem very multi-passionate. I mean, you've talked about like history and then teaching and marketing. And so have you always kind of been like that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's why I had a hard, such a hard time nailing down what I wanted to do because like I said, I didn't want to be stuck doing one thing. I wanted to do all the things. Yeah. No, I definitely, definitely understand that. And so tell me about these beginning stages of starting this flower farm. So where did the idea come from and just kind of lead me through that? Yeah. I'm going to go back a little ways and it kind of overlaps. So like I said, I had this job that I loved for seven six, seven years. Um, in the meantime, my husband and I got married. Um, we were fortunate enough to move to um, a farm that had been in his family for a couple generations. And um, he kind of has that entrepreneurial drive too. We love Shark Tank. We watch Shark Tank all the time, um, specifically before we had kids and had a lot more time on our hands. So, you know, we were always brainstorming business ideas. Like, could we do this? Could we do that? We had a good bit of space to be able to use. Fortunately, we're on this farm that has some land. We went through so many ideas, like a wedding venue and um, growing this, growing that, just some crazy ideas. So that was kind of in the back of our minds. I had sort of tried to start two other small businesses, very, very small around the time I had my daughter, just to kind of keep the creative, I don't know, things going that I enjoyed doing. So anyway, I had my daughter in 2017 and I think the summer of 2018, I read an article about a flower farm and backtrack just a little bit. I was into gardening. I had a vegetable garden, but you know, wasn't growing too many flowers. Anyway, read this article about a flower farm and had no idea that this could be a business, you know, like, oh my gosh, growing flowers. Well, of course they have to come from somewhere. So, um, 
I dove right in. Literally read the article in like August and by mid-September, we had ripped out my vegetable garden and planted some things that could grow over the winter to be ready for the following spring. Uh, So literally hit the ground running. I was working um, the job at the Chamber of Commerce. I had gone back sort of part-time. We were able to figure out like a flex schedule. I wanted to be home with my daughter. That was a big drive in starting our own business. I decided that's kind of where my heart was. Uh, So working two days a week in the office and the other three days I was with my daughter and starting to grow flowers, reading everything that I could that first winter on how to do this. Like I said, I was familiar with gardening, but had no idea what specific flowers I needed to grow and how to grow them. And so by the summer of 2019, we had kind of started a very small business. I was selling flowers and bouquets at a local uh, boutique and um, along the side, kind of along the side of the road, trying to sell them to florists. That didn't go so well. So going into 2020, we had some ideas about how to grow the business a little bit. Um, we decided to put up a self-serve stand. We were along a busy road. So we we had plans to do that. And then um, a big part of our business is subscriptions. So it's sort of like a CSA, but with flowers. So uh, customers buy in advance and um, then they will get bouquets throughout our growing season. So going into 2020, I had these plans in place. My husband and my dad built this flower shed for me. Um, call it the flower shed. This is our self-serve stand. We put it up at the very beginning of March 2020. And I'm sure you can see what's coming. Everything shut down like the next week. So no one could go anywhere. But we had flowers and the sand was very socially distant. You know, there's no one in there. It's just stop by and grab things. So it just took off. We stocked the stand on Saturday mornings at nine or 10. And an hour before that, there were cars just lined up down our driveway um, looking to get flowers because they couldn't go shopping, um, couldn't see friends and family. So people would come and buy several bouquets and just drop them on their friends and family's doorsteps. So I sort of, in a weird way, credit that with really helping us to grow quickly, more quickly than I had planned. And it was just sort of by chance that we had that ready to go. So We kind of quickly pivoted and decided to, um, while everything was kind of quiet and shut down and weren't doing a whole lot, um, we decided to convert a corner of our barn into a retail shop so that we could open once things started to open up again and sell our flowers here at the farm rather than trying to sell them elsewhere. So that's what we did. And we opened up our retail shop summer of 2020 where we sell flowers kind of like a traditional flower shop and then moved into some gifts and home decor and it's kind of grown since then. That's so crazy. And I want to get into all that, but I'm curious. So when did you leave your job at the Chamber of Commerce and how difficult was that? Because I know that that's a job that you loved. So how hard was that to leave? It was very difficult. I So I ended up leaving at the end of the summer of 2019. And at that point, the business was not um, anywhere close to pro- being like a, a full-time income for me. Um, my husband and I just sort of decided it's sort of n- not now or never, but you know, at some point you have to take a leap and try it. And it certainly wasn't working. I mean, it's a lot of work to grow flowers and sell flowers and it just wasn't making sense or it just wasn't working to be away in an office two days a week and then... Um, 
kind of just doing it part-time. So we just sort of took a leap of faith, I guess. And I was, I have to say, I'm very fortunate I was able to do that. My husband had um, a career, so I can't say that I would have been able to do that on my own. So it was definitely a little bit of a risk that we took, decided to cut back on some things and make it work on one salary for the time being. And fortunately, it, it worked out in our favor. So 2019, end of the summer, I left and um, yeah, it, it was it was a hard decision. My boss, I said I was I had a great job, a great boss, a great team, and um, was kind of making taking steps to take over when he retired. So I was kind of gearing up to be in a you know in a really good place there, but my heart just kind of wasn't fully in it anymore. So I knew I wasn't going to be the best person for them and they weren't going to be the best fit for me if my heart wasn't 100% there. So I just kind of had to take had to take the chance and and like I said a big part of this was having my daughter and knowing that I wanted to be there with my children and I had missed a couple of things, you know, in her first year. Luckily she was able to be with my mom and my mother-in-law while I was in the office, but you know, there would be times when they'd send me videos and she was about to roll over for the first time. And I'd be like, don't let her roll over until I get home. You know, like I didn't want to miss anything. So that was a a huge piece of it. Yeah, definitely. And so have you always wanted to start a business? Because I know you said that you had started, you know, a couple, you know, smaller businesses before, and then you just kind of read an article and then like the next month decided to start it. So I feel like you must have had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Definitely, definitely. That was something I said my husband and I wanted to do, but we thought it was going to be a business that he would start and it would be sort of his thing. Um, So yes, I would have been part of it, but we didn't hadn't expected that it was going to be something that was so much, you know, my path. Yeah, definitely. And so, can you just lead us through what all you offer now? So, what all does the Flower Farm offer? Sure. So. Like I said, we have a self-serve stand that has been actually a really big piece of our uh, business. So we have that open as long as the weather is cooperating. We try to have fresh bouquets out there. Um, We are along a busy road, so people stop on their way to and from work. Subscriptions are a huge piece of it. So from June through the end of September, we offer subscriptions once a week. We have sort of maxed out at 50 customers per week. So every week I'm making 50 bouquets that go out to our subscription members. We have them pick up here at the farm, but the biggest piece of that is delivery. So we started out where I was delivering the first year. I think we had 10 customers. So I delivered. And by year two, we were up to 20 or 30 deliveries a week. So we hired a driver. Uh, which was a big piece of it because there again, I was I would have spent an entire day off the farm delivering. So we do hire, we employ a driver who drives for us. And that's a big piece of it because people literally get the bouquet delivered to their doorstep or their office, home, whatever. And yeah, that's a big, a big gift also. So a lot of those are sold as Christmas gifts, Mother's Day gifts. So it helps in the off season for us to have income coming in than to buy flowers and seeds for the coming year. So self-serve stand, subscription, and then the retail shop is a huge piece of it. So like I said, we operate sort of like a traditional florist. We will take some orders for small arrangements. 
I don't do weddings. I dabbled in that and very quickly found that that's just wasn't for me. Too much stress. So people can stop in while our shop is open and uh, buy flowers. We have bouquets. We have arrangements, flowers by the stem. We have a flower bar open all the time. So they can come in and make their own arrangements of bouquets. And then we've moved into kind of all the little things that go along with flowers. Lots of gifty items like candles and garden gear, cards, some home decor, and that's a piece of it too. So yeah, that's kind of where we are at this point. Yeah. And so I know you had mentioned before we started recording that, um, you know, maybe education and e-commerce are some things you might be stepping into. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I've always kind of tried to have an e-commerce side of the business. Like I said, I was familiar with building a website. So I've always kind of done that. I knew I wanted to be available online for people to find us and be a presence there for our customers. So we have started to ship a little bit. So we uh, have not been successful in shipping fresh flowers uh, just for lots of different reasons. That's why you don't see a lot of locally grown flowers shipped. You see roses shipped. You see carnations. There are flowers that ship and flowers that don't. So not so much shipping flowers, but we do ship pretty much everything else in our shop. So that's been kind of big. And I have more recently been moving into, like you said, the education side of things. So through Instagram and really on TikTok, I've been sharing just what I do in the field, what life is like as a flower farmer, and this resonates with people. So I found that it's kind of become important to me to help share behind the scenes and how other, specifically women, can do this as either a side hustle or or make it into a full-time career, or, you know, that they can do with children at home. So that's been important to me. So I'm moving into that space a little bit more and working on some classes. I have um, emails that go out. I have a blog. So I'm really trying to share a lot more on that side of things. We do have some things coming up in the next couple months for specifically for growers and aspiring flower farmers. So um, from supplies and gear and tools that they need to get started in the field, you know, seeds, bulbs, um, basically all the things and kind of just like, here's how what you need to get started because I spent so much time researching and there's not a whole lot out there about how to start a small boutique flower farm. And obviously there's a lot of learning that goes along with it. So I'm trying to make it easier for someone to just basically, here's the information you need, here's the supplies, and let's go. So that's what I'm working on. Yeah. No, it's funny how things come full circle because you'd wanted to be a teacher and now you are a teacher just in a different way. Exactly. Yeah, That has crossed my mind that it all kind of, all the pieces of the pie are kind of coming back together. Yeah, definitely. So now I'm curious because I just, I'm so intrigued by your business. And so what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. So every day is a little bit different. So it's more of like, what does the week look like? I would say Um, we spend a good two days a week cutting the flowers. And this is, I mean, the season is underway. So flowers are in the field. We do our planting in spring and kind of early fall. So once that's out of the way, um, we cut two days a week to make sure we have bouquet uh, flowers for our subscriptions that are earlier in the week. And then again, flowers while the shop is open. 
So cutting can take all day long. I'm out there with the gator loaded up with buckets and snips, and there is no, really there's no machine for anything in the flower world. Like everything is done by hand. It's a lot of work and you go to sleep and everything hurts. Um, So cutting flowers, getting them back to the cooler, that's two days a week. On Tuesdays throughout the season is bouquet day. So if you kind of follow along on any of my social channels, you can kind of see what that looks like. I I try to show that process because it's fun to see, but laying out the flowers and literally just putting bouquets together over and over. I follow kind of recipes that I make up of how many stems, you know, of what are going to go in each week. So that's fun. Wednesdays, our subscriptions go out. So that's when I can get caught up on field work and stuff that needs to be done behind the scenes, always trying to catch up on emails because I just can never get to the bottom of it. And then Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays are when our shop is open. So on those days, the shop is here on our farm, again, where I live. Uh, So we have, we're open to the public. Obviously we're a shop. So we have people coming in and picking up orders and shopping and I do have a couple of employees who help to run the shop, and I'm in there some days as well. So that's kind of the week, a snapshot of our week right now. Yeah, I love that. And so how many different flowers do you guys grow? That's a good question. I mean, but like a lot. 20, 30? Yeah. So I have, I don't know how familiar you are with gardening, uh, but perennials stay in the ground year-round for years and years and years. So peonies are a super popular one. So we have about 1,500 peony plants in the ground right now. So they just stay in. So that's a project that I'm always adding to that field. Um, But yeah, throughout the summer months, we probably grow 15 to 20 varieties of flowers. And then in the kind of shoulder seasons, another 10 or so from anemones, ranunculus, daffodils, tulips, a lot, basically, to answer your question. Wow. I've actually started to try to scale down when I first started. You know, this is another piece of information that I'm trying to share with people. You get excited, like, I want to grow all of the flowers. But in the past five or six years, I'm starting to learn, you know, what I use, what I don't use, what lasts longer, what our customers like. So it's always kind of a process of narrowing down so we're not trying to do all the things. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite flower? Yes. Hydrangeas are my favorite. So um, they've been my favorite long before we did this. They were, you know, my wedding flowers. But since we've started the farm, anemones, if you're not familiar with anemones, they are gorgeous. We grow them. um, We're going to plant them here in the next couple weeks. We grow them under low tunnels and they start blooming right after New Year's, which is kind of crazy in our area, but we have these little tunnels that we grow them under and they just come in these gorgeous jewel tones, purple and bright pink and white with like a purple eye. So anemones would be close number two. Okay. I love that. And so I feel like a lot of people think of flowers as a summer, spring kind of thing. So can you talk about kind of how you transition your farm seasonally? Sure. So since we have a retail shop, we have to be open year round. So I have to have something to offer. So we have our own flowers from about end of February, March through whenever the first frost hits. So if we're lucky, that will be mid-October. Last year, it was before the end of September. So for those off 
off months when we were growing our own flowers. I do have a local wholesaler that I continue to buy flowers from. I also have, um, I try to source American grown as much as possible. So there are some kind of up and coming organizations that have um, direct, basically lists with American farmers that grow, you know, in, in climates warmer than ours because we get pretty cold. Um, so I order flowers in. So we're continuing to make bouquets. We don't do our subscriptions, but we do walk-in customers on the, you know, when the shop is open and we take orders. We do a lot of business. Um, Thanksgiving, Christmas bouquets are big. You know, people are having parties. Um, unfortunately, all of the big flower fall holidays fall when we don't have our own flowers. So Valentine's Day is huge and we don't have really any of our flowers. But so that's when I'm ordering in. Around the holidays, we also do fresh cut wreaths that we make. So we're doing that. I'm out kind of foraging around the farm to make fresh evergreen wreaths and lots of gifty Christmas things. And then, it, you know, we get the Valentine's Day holiday and then quickly Easter and Mother's Day is a big flower holiday, so it gets busy again quickly. We don't really have a downtime. Honestly, summer seems to be one of our slower times because people are on vacation. So that's where the subscription comes in big because we've already pre-sold for the slower months, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm curious if you've had a moment, just like a single moment where you've thought, oh my gosh, I own a business. Like, wow. Like, has there been that just like wow moment for you? Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, recently I literally last week went to um, a celebration for the 100th anniversary of the Chamber of Commerce where I worked. So I had not gone back really at all to do anything. I had intentions to, but COVID hit soon after I left and they, you know, they were shut down and working from home for a while. So all of their networking events stopped and they, you know, they picked back up recently, but I just haven't had time to go. So I went to this event and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm on the other side. I am. I loved working there and now I am one of those businesses that I admired. So that that was kind of like a, a wow moment and like, oh, I, I've done this. I'm doing this and now I get to stand here and talk about my business with all of these people that I respect. So definitely that. Yeah, for sure. And so have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome? Absolutely. All the time. So I can say that on one hand. And probably the next day I was feeling like, who am I to be doing this? I think what I really struggle with imposter syndrome wise is that I don't have a degree in what I'm doing. I mean, as far as running a business, I feel like I have pieces of that, you know, from from my college experience, but I don't have any formal training in horticulture or floristry or anything specifically related to growing and selling cut flowers. So all of that has been self-taught. And I just, you know, I follow a lot of other flower farms that I really respect and, and they're just doing things on a much bigger scale. And I feel like, who am I to talk to people about how to start a flower business when I don't have that formal training? But you know, I've really tried to, especially over the past year, I kind of don't look at that side of social media. You'll, you, If you look at who I follow, it's more like nothing to do with flower farming because that helps me to not kind of put the blinders on and just stay in my lane and realize that something I'm doing is working. I don't have to look like that farm or that farm and, you know, people like my business for what it is. So I, I just really try to focus on on that and not so much on what everyone else is doing. And I think that helps with the feeling of being an imposter because it's like, I don't have to be everything to everyone. I can be exactly what I'm doing. And people like that, they will 
come to my business. And if not, there's another one down the road where they can go. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. And so what is your favorite part of owning this flower farm? I love that it's here at home. Um, I'm definitely a homebody. As much as I love to travel, I love there's nothing better than being home. So I love that I can do it here um, before we got on the call or maybe even once we started, you could hear my son was screaming. And even though he was upset at the time, I love that I'm here with him. I can get my daughter off the bus. I took her to school this morning and I can, you know, work and be here. And even if I'm working and they're with the nanny at the time, they can see that I'm here. They can run to me. I love just that closeness. Um, but I also love doing all of the things. Like I said, I, I can't focus on one thing for too long. And I love that I can work in the field in the morning and then I can come in and work on the website for the afternoon. And I love techie stuff. So I enjoy that part. That's the marketing and communication side of things. So I just love that owning and running a small business. I'm, I'm literally all of the things. So I don't have to get stuck doing one thing every single day. Yeah, definitely. It's it's different all the time. I, I love that. Um, okay, what advice would you give like your 19 or 20-year-old self? Probably stop worrying so much. Like just I didn't want to mess it up. You know, I, I got stressed that I wasn't picking the right career and um, that I wasn't doing everything right. And it's like I should have just enjoyed myself a little bit and stopped worrying about it and maybe had just more confidence that things would fall into place where they're supposed to. But I don't think you can ever really tell a 19-year-old that, you know, you have to learn it. So I wouldn't be where I was now if I hadn't gone through all of that. I probably wouldn't be so grateful for what I have if I hadn't gone through that little bit. So yeah, I don't know if that's good advice for myself or not. But No, I think that's great advice. Um, tell my 19-year-old self that it'll work out. Yeah, definitely. And so what's your why? Why do you do what you do? I love I love flowers, obviously. That's fun. I love to spread joy with flowers. Flowers are part of people's life. Um, every part of life basically involves flowers. So for, from the really happy moments when I'm making engagement bouquets and um, celebratory things to I've done some sympathy flowers, you know, it's just um, being part of like special life moments is like big. And I'm so glad that I have created and found myself in a business that I can be part of that for people. But why specifically, you know, I I have a business because I want to be a role model to my daughter of, you know, you can you don't have to follow a traditional path. And, and not just my daughter, but um, she's kind of my most important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know, you don't have to follow something traditional. Like you can be a business owner, you know, and you can start something and and do something big. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, okay, I would love to know what your favorite failure has been. So pertaining to the business, I think I mentioned when we started, I thought that I was going to grow flowers and sell them to florists. So I would just be point A, they are point B, selling to point C, the customer. So I didn't see myself really at all doing what I'm doing when I started this. I just wanted to grow the flowers and sell them. But that didn't work. At the time, I have to say, our local florists have come a long way in being accepting of locally grown flowers. However, they have specific things they need to follow. A lot of them are part of like 1-800-Flowers or local. Um, they have to use very specific flowers that can be found nationwide. So they just couldn't really use our flowers. So I was so 
oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? I, I, I'm starting this. We have so much invested here. How am I going to sell these flowers? And I started putting the bouquets together and selling them myself. And here we are. So I, I was so, I, I would walk into a couple of florists every week and try to sell our flowers. And I was just so beaten up about the whole thing. And if that had worked out, I wouldn't have the business I have now. So I would say, that's been my favorite failure. I'm glad that didn't work out because I love the business the way it is now. I love selling directly to our customers. I love being able to be creative with the flowers that I grow. I don't have to grow them for anyone. You know, if I don't need to have white dahlias because the florist is going to need them. I can grow coral dahlias because that's what I like and that's what I want to sell to our customers. So that was helpful and it was a good failure. Yeah, no, I love that. And so what is the biggest lesson you've learned? Probably not to take on too much all at once. Now, I did that, so I didn't follow my own advice. But looking back on it, um, I tried to do a lot all at once. We grew very quickly that first year, year and a half. Like I said, the business kind of took off in the, in the early weeks of COVID. And we ran with it because we wanted to take advantage of the kind of the buildup and and the I guess people finding us that we just we wanted to take advantage of that. But at the same time, I took on a lot and just have found myself multiple times just feeling like I took on too much and I couldn't breathe and and anxiety and this wasn't what it was meant to be. And so taking on too much is is a lesson that I have learned and I have tried to going forward really evaluate things that come down the line. Like, yes, we could go in that direction, but what does that mean as far as the lifestyle that we want to have and my time with the kids, is that taking me away from them too much? So that's a lesson. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And so where do you see your business going? What's next for you? That's a good question. Like I said, I would like to be a definitely kind of in the education slash supplier for aspiring flower farms. And I would like to be to make kind of our business model accessible to other women so that they can do this too. So that's where I see us headed. I'm not looking to really change our business as it is. I kind of, I like the point that we've gotten it to. It feels comfortable at this point. Like we can breathe, we can go on vacation when needed. But so I would like to shift a little bit and just teach other women kind of, or men, how to do what we've done. Yeah, I love that. And so where can people find you? Yes, they can find us at on Instagram and TikTok at Hidden Springs Flowers and online at hiddenspringsflowers.com. So I have kind of our education resources on there as well as our online shop. So you can find all of the items in our little flower and gift shop on our website. And then on Instagram, it's specifically kind of what's going on in the flower shop. And on TikTok, it's behind the scenes. I'm very new to TikTok, but I'm finding that it's kind of fun and I get to be a little bit more myself for some reason. I can be kind of show what a day in the life is like. Yeah, I love that. And so I'll link to all of that in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on today. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time.